Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. We spent the first hour detailing the damaging, ridiculous, despicable training in the Hilliard and Dublin districts. Common thread, John Marshhausen, the superintendent now in Dublin, formerly of Hilliard. It's everywhere, though. It's in your rural district. Think, ah, it's not here. It's there. It's right at your doorstep. They are perfectly willing to call your kids by a different name, affirm them in their gender confusion without letting you know if they can give them Medicine, without you knowing about it, they will. It's happening in red states like Idaho. It's happening here. Protect Ohio Children does a nice job of monitoring it throughout the state of Ohio. They reply. They they uh, rely on whistleblowers. That's how uh, our friend Linda Harvey at Mission America found out what's been happening in the developmental training, <laughs> euphemistically named. Uh, at Davidson High School. I put the details on the Hooli Show Facebook page. Uh, thank those of you who are watching on the live stream and commenting. Uh, Vic says, I voted for Mike DeWine in 2020. I'll never vote for him again. Uh, Neil says, Egghead is a tame monitor that to me describes an innocent, misguided, or maybe obtuse person. This Dublin superintendent goes beyond misguided or obtuse. His words and actions go to diabolical. It is pure evil. I pray that his and other like-minded school supervisors' plans fail and that they are replaced. I would hope parents in that district rise up and speak out. Yeah, they have to. Uh, they are, at least some of them in Hilliard, really some really good parents in uh, both districts. Um, let me give you the details on a Hilliard event coming up at their next board meeting. It is February the 10th, which is later this week. Students, parents, and friends for freedom... From mask mandates. Oh, this is Olentangy. I'm sorry. Olentangy school board meeting. Good. Make them uncomfortable at Olentangy. You don't have a single ally on that board. Students' rights and freedom convoy. Students, parents, and friends for freedom from mask mandates. Olentangy school board meeting, February the 10th. Honk for freedom at for two minutes at 6.17 p.m. Yes. Do that. Go lay on your car horn for two minutes at 617 right outside the board meeting. I'm about it. I'm loving this trucker convoy in Canada because, look, however we respond to these crazed ideologies out there, we want to do it in a biblical fashion. And what is the biblical template? It's a given in Ephesians 610. Stand. Stand against evil. Stand firmly rooted, planted. Stand on truth. So, to stand, 
That's what I see these truckers doing in Canada. They're just in downtown Ottawa driving Justin Trudeau and the Ottawa authorities, including the police, crazy. They're not breaking the law. They are peacefully assembling. And uh, periodically we'll have a post on Twitter from some uh, liberal softy who's mad because the truckers are honking their horns at all hours of the night. Now listen, that would be inconvenient. I would agree that I would like to sleep in peace and quiet. I don't like barking dogs. I don't like honking horns. I don't like to be disturbed. But sometimes you have to compromise for the greater good. And if these Canadian truckers stay with the plan, my only fear is that these cops in Ottawa are going to do something really, really stupid and provoke them And we could have a situation that ends up becoming violent. The truckers are not violent. The truckers have gone all the way across the country and not been violent. It's a love fest with these truckers. And they've been supported to the tune of $10 million on GoFundMe until GoFundMe decided, well, you know, we don't really like people giving to this cause. So we're not going to allow them to give to this cause. And GoFundMe started refunding the money, or they said they were just going to give it to another cause. Well, sorry, you can't do that. So Ted Cruz yesterday said he wants to get the Federal Trade Commission involved and investigate GoFundMe for fraud. Oh, on second thought, maybe we will let the donations go through. By the way, Give, Send, Go is a Christian-owned crowdfunding source. Much better place to go if you're going to set up a crowdfunding for anything. Now there's talk that there could be a U.S. convoy of truckers. Now this, now this would be delicious. I know, we might get held up on I-70, might snarl traffic through downtown Columbus. we got to think of the greater good here. You're late to wherever you're going, going to miss a ball game. Gonna... It's worth it. It is worth it because... The cause is freedom and liberty. And I heard a woman today, I think it was uh, Rachel Campos Duffy on Fox, talk about masks in schools and parents needing to go to schools. And she made a very kind of uh, uh, self-evident comment. She said, what are they going to do? Arrest 200 kids? What are they going to do? Arrest 400 parents? No, they don't have the police officers to do that. They can't arrest Hundreds of people, where are you going to put them? So if you are a lone wolf in the wilderness, you're easy to arrest, you're easy to silence, you're easy to throw the book at. But if it's 200 people, I don't think they have the resources or the inclination to do it. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. Diesel fuel is well over three bucks a gallon. Regular gas is over three bucks a gallon. Oil surpassed $90 a barrel for the first time since 2014. Gee, who was in the White House in 2014? Oh, that's right. Barack Obama and Joe Biden. So gas prices are going back up. They're going to continue to go back up. Sorry, Joe. No amount of naming a black female to the Supreme Court is going to salve the wound of people who are paying 325 and up for gas. You're going to pay a big price for that at the polls. And the truckers, look, they don't want to drive across the country and congregate in Washington, D.C. 
But desperate people do desperate things. And you might view this, if you're a trucker, as your last chance to make a living because if they're going to require you to get a vaccine to sit alone in the cab of your truck while driving across the country, that's a pretty stupid standard for truckers to have to live to. Now, speaking of stupid, I heard yesterday from a friend whose son is in the military. I won't even say what branch because I certainly don't want to call down upon him uh, the wrath of our authorities. But his son is in the military. His son refuses to take the vaccine. His son has been demonized and targeted. And now the threat for people in the military, is that not only are they going to make it ugly for you in getting out of the military, he said one of the things that they are threatening his son with, and I researched this last night and I found it applicable in theory when it was first proposed in October to a different branch of the military, so it tells you that they are considering this for all branches of the military, is that when they discharge these guys and ladies, because they won't take the vaccine, they are thinking of requiring them to pay back, to pay back to the U.S. government whatever price tag our federal government puts on the value of their training. Oh, you trained to jump out of an airplane? Oh, that training is worth $50,000, so you owe us $50,000. And these costs of training it could run into the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, which, of course, is the point. No soldier has this. So it's a way of ratcheting down the pressure to make them do what we want you to do. No soldier is getting the religious exemption. Think of how despicable that is in a country that was founded out of the motivation to obtain religious freedom for its citizens. Oh, there are many, 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 many stories that fall under the headline rules for thee and not for me. Theodore Decker is a columnist at the Columbus Dispatch. He is an outlier at the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, Occasionally, well, very occasionally, when I read something in the Columbus Dispatch that that does not make me want to retch, it is under the byline of Theodore Decker. Uh, I have reached out to Theodore Decker to find out uh, if he needs protection <laughs> from the wokesters at the dispatch. Uh, but his column today is exposing the hypocrisy of rules for thee and not for me. It's about Andrew Ginther's newest hire from Detroit in Andrew Ginther's seemingly unending effort to turn us into the crime capital, the violent crime capital of America. Is that's where he found his police chief, his assistant police chief. And now his inspector general to watch over the police. And he funded her with a million dollars in money, which I'm sure she will spend every dollar so she gets more next year. But what Theodore Decker points out in his column in the dispatch today is that there is no inspector general for City Hall. Yes, Andy Ginther likes to shine that flashlight, spotlight, hot light on Columbus police. As for his own dealings, Oh, not so much. Shut the door. Turn the lights off, please. My moldy policies flourish in the darkness. And Theodore Decker points this out, noting that the irony is 
Andrew Ginther made a little joke at his press conference announcing his new inspector general from Detroit that the mayor of Detroit wouldn't take his calls anymore because he keeps stealing their best people. Except the mayor of Detroit is embroiled in some hot water up there because they, in fact, do have an inspector general who is looking into the stewardship of the mayoral administration. And so Theodore Decker, Columbus Dispatch columnist, is advocating for the same, noting that there has been funny business in the past at City Hall concerning the red light cameras and other things, such as Andy Ginther's trip to the Big Ten Championship football game in 2014. So, Theodore Decker makes a very good point here. And he quotes Andrew Ginther saying of his new inspector general, I am confident that she will embrace transparency, ensure accountability, and act with integrity in all her interactions with residents and law enforcement. And then Theodore Decker notes, transparency, accountability, integrity. What's good for the goose is good for Mr. Ginther. Ah, excellent, excellent walk-off line. Theodore Decker, you'll probably get called into a meeting and shouted down for that today. But speaking of, Rules for thee and not for me. Uh, Stacey Abrams, the former never-elected-to-anything, sore loser, not qualified as governor of Georgia, who has turned her 50,000-vote loss to Brian Kemp into a career grift. Stacey Abrams pictured over the weekend, seated at an elementary school, maskless, well, she was. All the other kiddos in the picture, and man, there are like six. There's like 30 or 40 people in this picture, all wearing a mask, except for Stacey Abrams, who it should be noted, and I don't mean this to be unkind, but it is factual, is grossly overweight, and thus would have one of the danger signs of COVID which it happens to morbidly obese people in greater regularity than it does to people who are in some modicum of good physical condition, of which she decidedly is not. But there she sits, smiling in the picture, grinning at everyone. You can see her beautiful teeth. You cannot see the teeth or face or tips of the noses of any of the kiddos in the picture. Well, this is just another instance like Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti not wearing masks while grinning and taking pictures with Magic Johnson at SoFi Stadium during the NFC Championship game. And then they ludicrously said, well, I was holding my breath. Every time I take a picture, I hold my mask in my hand so people can see it. And I hold my breath. Now, Stacey Abrams also has a lame excuse for being maskless at Glenwood Elementary School to kick off its African-American read-in. She says, It is shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack. And it is pitiful and predictable that our opponents continue to look for opportunities to distract from their failed records when it comes to protecting public health during the pandemic. Well, really, Stacy, no, that didn't quite absolve you of the clear double standard of you not wearing a mask 
while forcing other people's little kids to wear a mask. Ah, that's not the end of the leftist hypocrisy, of course. You might have heard that over the weekend they're stepping up their efforts on social media to cancel Joe Rogan. They released a compilation video of Joe Rogan saying the N-word. The N-word, of course, is not a word that anyone should ever use, but it is the only word in the English language that is despicable, deplorable, only if people of a certain race use it, but it's perfectly okay if people of another race use it. But Don Winslow is a white author, so he can't use the word, and so he is morally superior to uh, everyone out there who has ever used the word, and he therefore is using his Twitter to commend Dwayne The Rock Johnson for bailing on his support of Joe Rogan once The Rock was apprised of the video, the compilation, which Joe Rogan was clearly taken out of context, but nevertheless, he shouldn't say the word. He just says the word instead of saying the N-word. So Don Winslow tweets to The Rock, you are a hero to many people, and using your platform to defend Joe Rogan, a guy that used and laughed about using the N-word, is a terrible use of your power. So uh, Don, noting that The Rock uh, was wrong, then got a tweet back from The Rock, who applauded him for changing his opinion. But Don Winslow, mm, he had a regrettable failure of memory. Don Winslow is an author. <clears throat> and wouldn't you know that in uh, several of his books, <laughs> uh, Don Winslow <coughs> has uh, written and used the N-word. Uh, he did it in uh, his book, Savages. Uh, he did it in his book, The Force. He did it in his book, The Gentleman's Hour. Uh, he did it in his book, The Way Down on the High Lonely. That's four books. Oh, and here's another, The Border. So Don Winslow, who has no tolerance for Joe Rogan's use of the N-word, who took it upon himself to notify The Rock of Joe Rogan's egregious use of that word and then got The Rock to thank him for letting him know and got The Rock to change his opinion on Joe Rogan. Uh, Don Winslow himself has written and used that word in four of his novels. You know, you just wonder at times, don't you? whether people who like to scold and lecture others even have the presence of mind when they do it to say, oh, sure hope nobody looks up what I wrote in my book. Or do they just totally forget it? Because, you know, in their own mind, they're, they're perfect and they're unimpeachable and would never be guilty of what it is so glaringly obvious to them other people are guilty of.